Welcome, everybody. This is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV. This is episode number 41. So today I'm going to be talking about several different things. One is going to be fittings and the water leaks, and this has to do with water pumps. And in fact, everything I'm talking today about is all custom-related things where people have come into the store and have questions, they've purchased things, and it's all related to those purchases because I've seen several actually quite a many quite a quite a few in the last 30 or days or so of the same types of problems which are unavoidable or not maybe not unavoidable but it can certainly be dealt with um heads on and in a different kind of oh viewpoint you might say um than kind of what i've seen because i think sometimes our you know as our viewers we might not feel that we can we're up to the talent challenge up to the task and sometimes we let things run ahead of us or we don't worry about it when they're actually pretty simple things that we can take care of. So again, this is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV, episode number 41. And again, this episode is being recorded in the in our new location in Victor, Montana. My studio is coming together. It's not how I really want it, but it's getting more functional and looks like my surroundings more and more every day once I get it all compile here i'll take a picture It'll probably be identical to the picture already on the website because i pretty much don't change with a lot of things same picture same junk on the wall same everything just different place but now i got some furniture sofa some chairs things like that, that didn't fit in the house so that'll work for me and i have more carpet no concrete on the floor so that's nice so it sounds a little bit better in here less echo i don't have a tin roof Did you know that i used to have a tin roof so not exactly the greatest for recording but hey it worked you know and it was cool looking what i was going for at the time so now back to the fittings well actually i want to say one other thing too is you know um we get a lot of support and i appreciate that a lot of um the listeners go to our websites and they make purchases or they call me with questions and make purchases and i just want to thank everybody for doing that certainly makes it uh a lot more enjoyable to to talk about what i'm talking about and then to see the the fruits of my labor and your labor come together where you actually purchase the parts to do the job or you call with questions or email. That's awesome. Keep it up. I love it. So today, um, water leaks and this really got my attention because since we moved to Victor, Montana, I've had several people actually, you know, it's been a lot of people coming in with flare fittings that are leaking or they have a leak someplace and they might bring in the fitting. They might bring in a piece of the, the water line, but they don't always bring in what really needs to be replaced. So it's kind of guesswork, but we, we work our way through it. But what really stood out to me as a customer, and this guy's not a, he's a smart guy. He's, he's, he's sharp, but he was replacing his water pump and he didn't want to go with a higher PSI water pump, like 60 PSI or 50 or 55. I think it was 50 actually. Cause he is afraid he, no 60 he's going to have too many water leaks and they said what about just fixing the water leaks and going with a better pump and more psi more gallons per minute and he just wasn't going to go for that and I, I get it you know he he was just concerned about water leaks and you know i reflected on that and came to the conclusion that really what he should be doing is and i suggest this is fixing the water leaks get the higher volume pump with more PSI, more gallons per minute, and start working at those water leaks. And a lot of times, depending on what the water system is made, you know, whether it's PEX fittings, 
uh, old quest fittings, flare it, you know, there's, you know, it, how they're crimped together. If the, you know, where the crimp connections are, if the fittings breaking, you can kind of see some of that stuff before it actually starts leaking. It's just sometimes harder to get to it. And when it's harder to get to, you're less motivated to do it. And I understand that, you know, sticking your head in a cabinet with an arm and stretching in and all that good stuff is no fun. So he opted for the lesser pump, but I really think that the problem is the fittings and going through the RV and fixing those water leaks would have been a better option. Would have had a better pump all the way around. Not that he got a bad pump or something that's only going to last a couple of years. It just would have been a better situation because those potential water leaks were still there. And even other people coming in with fittings saying, you know, the fittings leaking and let's say it's a, a flare at T. And flared are the compression type of fittings. They're usually white and not usually they are white and the hose or the water line or the PEX tubing pushes onto it and it's held on by compression. So there's no extra parts. It just has a nut and pushes onto the fitting and that's it. You're all probably familiar with those, but you know, the, the, the fittings themselves generally don't leak unless they crack and cracking is pretty rare unless it freezes and freezing is not so rare in this part of the country and other parts of the country as well. Even in Yuma, you know, we'd had enough cold days there in the winter time where things could crack. So what I'm getting at here is, you know, rather than going to the store, trying to explain what you have and trying to, you know, for someone like me at the parts counter to, to figure it out, it's best to just bring in the pieces that are, that are the problem where the problem is, you know, I'm not considered defective, but the, broken pieces, the ones that are leaking, you know, there's rubber O-rings that, um, quite often just start leaking, especially if you go to tighten up the fitting onto the, you know, if it's a uh, pipe thread type fitting going on or a female thread going onto a pipe thread, it's going to have a rubber washer in there and those washers will start leaking. And that's a lot of the leaks. It's not the fitting itself. And the flare fittings pretty much don't leak. If you put it on there, the hose is in good shape. The fitting's not you know, beat up, buggered up. It's not going to leak when it's done properly. So bring in the parts and pieces if you can, or take pictures of them. And then the parts guy can help you in a more intelligent way. Then you're not throwing away mudding on fittings that maybe you didn't need, but you're just going to put it in anyways, because you have it all apart. You know, you don't really need to do that in a lot of cases. And also the rubber washers during these flare fittings, you should have a bag of them, bag of five, a bag of 10, because those things can leak anytime. They can be intermittent, you know, out of toilet that would leak a little bit only at night, tighten up the fitting it'd go away for a few days and start leaking again to put a new rubber washer. And that was it. That problem was solved. So you might have an intermittent leak, uh, you know, it's just dripping, whatever it is, but having those washers on hand saves you a trip to the store. You know, it's, you're going to have to replenish them. So when you get down to your last two, you might want to go buy another five or 10 or whatever. They're not going to break the bank, but they're certainly worth having. Just put them in a Ziploc bag. So they stay fresh, you know, store them out of the sun or, you know, someplace where it's cooler, maybe not a compartment, depending on where you're at, what part of the country, someplace where they stay a little cooler, but definitely out of the sun and they'll last for years. And then you can go ahead and swap those things out. Even having some extra fittings, an extra coupler, some extra PEX tubing, the, you know, the half inch is what it's called, but it's actually five eighths OD some extra stuff 
So in an emergency, you can fix it. Or, you know, if you're at home and the RV store is 15 minutes away, but you can at least get it going, then you go to the RV store. Hey, I just need one of these. It's just going back in my toolbox, but I got a spare, you know? So you always have the spare part. So then when you are out traveling, you're not stuck. You're not broke down because of a water leak. And you know how annoying that can be, especially in most RVs. You turn off the water. You can't turn off the water to the toilet because it doesn't have a shutoff valve. So you could put one of those in and, you know, but there's still, you got to shut the water off to the whole RV in most cases. And that's a hassle. So have some extra fittings and make sure your fittings or your water systems in good repair before you go on vacation. If there are no leaks, let it sit hooked up for a couple of days. Make that part of your checklist that I talked about a while ago. I said, you know, we all do things different, but there should be some things like this, making sure you don't have water leaks before you ever get out on the road. That way you have one less thing to deal with right when you get there. You, know, you turn on the water and hook it up and turn it on and bam, you got a water leak. No good. And the family's not going to like it either. So that's one thing. And, you know, I've talked about it before, and some of this stuff is pretty elementary, but when I get people coming in the store day in and day out, I begin to think it's not so elementary. So maybe it's just a nice reminder or this is how you should do it. You know, if you're not sure, you know, I'll put some information on our website on what fittings maybe you should have for spares, those PEX tubing, the sizes, and what you should or shouldn't have. You know, you don't need to have 100 feet of it. If you had two feet, you'd probably be good. But a five-foot stick is great. But anyway, I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm sure you understand that. And so just keep in mind, you know, having the fittings and being able to do that yourself, but taking those parts into the store that are that are bad or you think are bad or taking pictures definitely helps. It takes the guesswork out of it. Then you're not making multiple trips to the store, buying things, exchanging fittings and such. Now, another thing that came to my mind while I was moving up here, or actually just recently when I went back to Arizona to get some more stuff, our final uh, truckload of, of stuff, junk, things, but we need them, is the fires that are going. Because I know along Highway uh, 15 going through Utah, just north of St. George, there was a fire raging on the mountain. All I could see is the lights. It was at night, you know, about midnight. It lit up the sky pretty good. Hard to take a picture when you're driving a U-Haul. Kind of dangerous, you know, but... I did it anyways, not a good picture, but I got a picture, but anyways, the fires, you know, they're all over the place. So, you know, there's some in California, there's some in Utah, Idaho. In fact, and I got up into Idaho, you know, the hillside and several areas was just scorched. There were fires there. Don't let fires ruin your vacation. I'm not talking about your RV catching on fire. That'll definitely ruin your vacation, but you know, fires in general, if you're going, let's say to Colorado, and there's fires raging where you're at. Pick another place. Don't cancel your trip. And be careful how you pick because the smoke could actually be going towards in the direction of where you might, your second location might be. So plan ahead a little bit. Like this fire that was in Utah, it wasn't until about 40 or 50 miles up the road when I started smelling the smoke for it because it was the wind was carrying it across the highway at one spot there. So I'm right close to it. Nothing. But all of a sudden, the smoke is now thick as can be and covering the highway. So keep that in mind. You know, you don't want to camp someplace where the, you might not be affected by the fire directly where you have to evacuate. But the smoke could come in and run you out of there. Even if it's OK, we can't go to this place here. Let's pick another state. Then pick another state. But don't cancel your vacation. 
And I've heard of people doing this, and that's why I'm bringing it up. This this episode is all about little things that I'm picking up here and there um, in the last 30 days or so. And there's fires everywhere. There's going to be fires every summer. And they're going to have an effect on you how, you, how you travel and such. But just pick another spot. You never know. The second spot or third spot you pick might be your, the best place you ever went to. Maybe you go to the same spot every year, the same camping, campground, same cramped site. This might motivate you to change it up a little bit, but don't cancel. Just keep on that trip, you know, keep going on the trip. And if you're uncertain, call, don't call the campground. You know, if you're uncertain about the smoke or what the traffic's like, you know, what's going on there, call some local businesses. Just tell them, Hey, you're coming up there on vacation. You're looking to see what it's like. And is there a lot of smoke there? Call the local fire, fire department, sheriff's department, police department, call somebody that's going to give you a, I'm not saying RV parks are going to lie and just dupe you to come in, but you know, they do want you there and they might not be paying attention to it or thinking about the way you would. And I would call around, you could call the RV park. I shouldn't say don't call them, but call around in that area where you're going and get the gist or the, you know, kind of the feel for what's going on, whether you do want to go there or not. Sometimes the news isn't always accurate. And I've noticed more and more on news. They just kind of show a picture of something there's a fire in California and this spot, and then that's it. They're done. It almost takes like going to three or four channels or looking at a newspaper, going online and kind of digging to really get the details. So if you call someone in the local area, you'll get the details. You'll definitely get the details. And that's really what you want. So I know that's kind of an odd thing. Um, really nothing to do with RV maintenance and education, but it's certainly, um, something to consider. There's no point in canceling a vacation, especially, you know, you work hard, want to get that RV out and use it. You know, those things are designed to be used, not to sit like mine. Mine sits way too much. I got to use it. So here I am telling you to do something that I'm not exactly doing myself. Shame on me. But that's life in the RV business. You know, it's 24 seven. Go, go, go. Well, not really. It has been for me lately. And that's what it feels like. 14 hour days or seven days a week getting old but we're gaining ground on our move and just make sure everybody understands why i said that because we moved to montana and we are getting things settled and we're adjusting and that brings uh, another point to the surface here you know we moved to uh, hamilton montana our stores in victor montana and so there's an adjustment you know we got used to the businesses that were in yuma and welton and so now we have to readjust go to the businesses here have to find them Make sure that the business we like or where we want to shop, the things we need. So it's adjusting to our surroundings, our new area. And even our customers have to adjust to us. There's no RV store in the Bitterroot Valley other than Missoula. So we're kind of it. And we're new and they're new to us. So there's an adjustment. So when you move or go into an area, maybe it's work-related. You you live in your RV for certain you know, months out of the year or so many months out of the year and you go into an area. I know in Yuma, there was a lot of workers that came through there and stay in the RV park for, you know, maybe a month, two months, three months, and they go on to the next place. Like there's a crew doing the power lines in that area. So they kind of have to get a feel for who they trust in the area, who they don't, where they're going to shop, where they're not going to shop, where they're going to eat and so forth. And it'll be the same for you. If you're doing the same thing or you're moving to an area, yeah, you really have to get out and just buy out the time and learn the businesses, learn the area, go in and talk to people. And what I've found here is 
in Victor as people come into the store, not necessarily even buy anything, just to see if we're for real, what we're all about. And I can appreciate that. You know, if, if they don't trust us, they're not going to want to shop here and hopefully they do trust us and they will shop here. And I think we're getting the business, even though we're not from the area, but people have come in and they do appreciate what we're trying to do here and provide parts and accessories. So it's that trust factor and also knowing the area. And so we're still learning it. It takes a while, especially when you're working during the day, but just, you know, something to consider, you know, you own an RV, you might own a boat too, and you maybe own some firearms, you go hunting, fishing, you know, so you got to check out those local businesses even before you make a purchase. Don't wait until you're making a purchase. Go in there. Just say, hey, I'm just checking you out. You know, just move to the area. I'm looking for a place to buy fishing line, fishing gear, you know, tackle or RV parts or automotive parts, whatever it is. And then you get to know the area. Um, and I'll tell you, the local business, especially in smaller towns, they appreciate it. Just knowing you're you're there and you're considering them. You know, a lot of areas could care less if you come or go. I know up here in, you know, our experience up here with the local business just been absolutely awesome. You feel like they, they appreciate you. You feel like a customer, not just some drone walking through the door, laying money on the counter and they just take it and that's it. Not even a lot of customer interaction, younger people, older, it doesn't seem to matter, but check out the area, get used to it, introduce yourself to the RV store or whatever other things you have going on just so they know you're there and and you can get familiar with who you really want to shop with and how they do business. And you might have to adjust. They might adjust, you know, it's a give and take in a lot of cases. So another point that I've, I've talked about this in the past and in fact, I talk about it a lot just with customers in general is recording the things you purchase, making a record of it. Um, you know, it's doesn't have to be a complicated thing. I mean, I, people come to the counter, customers walk in, they pull out their wallet and they got, you know, a piece of paper with about 9,000 lines of information on it, but it gets the point across because they know what they're looking for. Oh, this is what I bought last time. And they have the part number. You can barely read it, but they have it. But now with modern technology, most everybody has a smartphone. Most everybody has a tablet of some kind, you know, a portable device, an Android or an iPad. And there are so many applications for keeping records of all types, you know, notes, contacts, um, you name it. And being organized in that area is not that hard to do anymore. You know, there's an app that I use, it's called Evernote, and it <clears throat> works on my computer, it works on my iPads and my iPhone, and it actually works on Android devices too. And my computers are PCs, they're not Macs. Um, so it, you know, crosses that barrier. So my computer or my iPads will sync with one another. So whatever changes I make in Evernote on whatever device or computer I make it on, and I use multiple computers, it updates everything. So everything's always up to date. And, you know, you have to have a Wi-Fi connection, obviously, because it works over the Internet. But the other cool thing is if you use like, let's say Evernote, it's a web-based application, even though you have an application on your computer. So if your computer dies or your tablet dies, there's a web app. So you just resync it. It's not a problem. So you never lose any data. You only lose what you 
and you know accidentally lose like by deleting something even then it goes into a trash can where you can retrieve it and there's another one called nosby which works real good i mean there's a ton of them there's monday.com there's to do or to do to doist is what it's called to doist.com but you can keep records of things so you can keep the model number the serial number if needed the, you know, if you bought a replacement part, let's say it's your water pump, write down them, you put in the model number. You can even take a picture and attach it to that record in most of these applications. And you can go to an RV store and say, here's my model number. Here's a picture. Do you have this water pump or call whatever it is you're going to do? And then if you buy a replacement pump and that model number is new, just make a note. Old number this, new number that. If you want to, you can just delete the old number altogether. You could snap a new picture after the pump's installed and bam, you have a record of it and keeping model numbers and even part numbers of the, the, the things you purchase, man, it makes the, the buying process so much easier. You know, it's like our, our point of sale system. We don't look up part numbers every time we do a reorder with our supplier. It's already in the system and the computer knows what to reorder. And it's the same thing with this, keeping records of your model numbers. It certainly makes it easier and you don't have to get fancy. You know, like most phones anymore have just a, uh, you know, a note program It's built, maybe built into the contacts or it's called note. You just go in and make some basic notes. You could just have a note titled RV parts and just keep a record of everything. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be tricky. You know, you can still keep stuff, you know, a paper record. If you want, keep a notebook. But the point is to just keep it. And I talk about phones because I like the technology and you can walk into an RV store with it. In fact, you know, a thing that just happened the other day, I went I went online to Home Depot to buy something. Couldn't find it locally, so I had to go to Missoula to get it. And I didn't really want to do it, but they're the only ones that had this particular item. And so I found it on the website and they showed they had seven in stock in the Missoula store. They showed me the aisle and the bay. So I get to the store. And there's none to be found. But I had the picture of it online. I had, you know, the description, the SKU number and all that. And so the, the guys in the store, they're like, well, we don't have this. I said, yeah, you do. You got to, you know. And sure enough, they took that SKU number, put it into their computer or their handheld device, actually. And lo and behold, they found them. And they had seven, just as the website said. So, you know, I could have easily left. But I had that backup. I had that number. And so they, okay, now I'm a little more real to them. They're looking at it. It's not just me saying it. They're looking at my phone saying, okay, yeah, we get it. This guy's not making this up. And it's the same with anything. Keep a record. And then when you go to the store, you have a record of what you need. And even take pictures of of the products or parts you want to replace. If it's a door latch on your screen door, take a picture. The pictures are free. And then when you get to the RV store, you don't even have to explain, hey, I need one of these. You break out your phone and show them the picture. Makes it simple. It cuts out so much conversation that's not needed trying to explain it. Or, you know, if you don't know the RV term for something, like a lot of people call vents skylights. And they're not skylights. They're vents. Skylights are usually stationary they don't open and close they're over showers in most cases or bathtubs in a bathroom and they're mounted to the roof completely different animal than a vent and then you spend a minute or so trying to determine what 
telling the parts guy telling me what you're looking for. Or I'm asking these questions. Think, Why is this guy asking me all these stupid questions? He's annoying me. <laughs> Where picture, hey man, you're done. So that's just um <clears throat> nice reminder there. And Evernote, Nosby, Monday.com, Todoist, these are all applications that I use and I use them regularly and I use them for various things. Um, I'm going to thin it out. The herd needs to be thinned. I have too many, but um, definitely things you want to use. Um, and Nosby, you can actually make templates. Um, it's pretty cool for your RV. So you can kind of make a model number template and have all your stuff listed, the model numbers. Um, probably a little more work than you'd want to do. In fact, a little more work than I want to do. But definitely... Um, something you know there's something out there that you can use just to keep track of these things and it's well worth it saves time saves energy and then you know what you're getting because you 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 know it you know what you have yeah another point here um now is um it's interesting moving up here you know you kind of moved to a new area and you don't know a whole lot of people and what is really cool is we've actually had customers from arizona walk into our store they saw my van out front or they saw the name of the store and they knew we were moving. They knew we were moving to, you know, this area in Montana and they come in and they say, Hey, or they call say, Hey, you know what? We're going to be passing by there in July. We're going to swing by and say hi to you guys. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I appreciate that because you know, it makes you feel a little more comfortable like you're at home and it's nice. And then it's the, the, yeah, we're going to keep buying from you. We'll buy online. And you know, this winter when we're in Arizona, we'll, we'll try you first. So, you know, it's just, uh, that's a side point, you know, kind of meaningless, but you know, over the years we've, we've developed a lot of friendships with our customers and it's nice to see that they're still going, even though we moved that those friendships can still exist and they still have trust in us and that same faith. It's not like we just left Welton, Arizona, and they could care less. You know, it makes you feel a little more wanted and that you're doing a good job at what we're doing. So I want to thank those ones for coming by. Now, the next thing and the final thing coming up 30 minutes here, getting close, is vent lids on RVs. You know, last week I talked about scape hatch. I shouldn't say last week, the last episode. You know, every RV has vents that have a lid that goes up and down, opens and closes, and most of them these days are what they would consider the vent line or elixir, new style, and they're interchangeable. Um, it has a galvanized tin hinge on it, kind of oval-shaped, a little tang that bends over and it slides on and off after you take the screen and the operator out. But these lids, it doesn't matter what brand they are. They only last so many years then they crack break and fall apart and y'all know that or it gets hit by hail you know just three weeks ago there was a hail storm up here caused a lot of damage to rvs you know broken lids on their uh, vent lids broken uh, escape hatch lids broken skylights and one thing that was consistent was no one knew what hinge they had and then when you explain to them you know it could be this one it probably is this one is this what you you don't even ask because this is what yours looks like well i don't know and I don't really like selling stuff just to have it returned. I want to sell something that's going to work the first time and we're not going to make multiple trips. And in some cases, you know, you can't avoid it. You have to buy it to try it or, you know, to see maybe you have to travel distance, but whatever. It, I just, I would rather sell it and just you're happy. I'm happy. And we're kind of done with it. But 
almost every person had to go back to their RV and it said, you got to look at the hinge. Well, it's this size, it's white. Well, they're all that size and they're all white. The hinge is really the thing. If you know what size hinge it is, that just totally isolates it to what vent you have. Um, and there could be other ways of doing this with a bunch of measurements, but who wants to measure when you just look at a hinge and then take a picture of it? You know, if you come in with a picture, it's a done deal. Remember, the hinge is on the roof. You got to go on the roof to get a picture of the hinge. You can't get it from the inside. And I think that's where the frustration comes in is you pretty much got to take the, the vent apart. I mean, you have to take it apart anyways, but you got to get on the roof and do a little more work to get a nice picture. But I'm not trying to really talk about the vent lids and replacing those. It's more of how to extend the life of them. And it amazes me as to how many RVs there are on, on the road today that do not have max air covers on them or the Camco version of it, or the bandmate, I think is the other one. Max air was the original vent cover. So it goes over the vent. You know, it has a, a vent on it. So your existing vent, the lid can raise open and close. Then the max air is on there. So if it's raining, water's not going to come in. The vent lid's not exposed to the elements, not exposed to the sun, not exposed to the hail. Now, depending on the hail, it doesn't matter what you have up there, it's going to destroy it. But even with that, with a max air or a similar type cover on there, your lids go, you know, the max air can take a lot of hail, a lot more than a vent lid can, especially after the vent lid's only, you know, a couple of years old. And even the white ones, they're even worse. Smoke is always better. It stands up in the sun a little bit better. But the point is, is to have a cover of some kind like that, a Max Air, a Camco, something on the vent. And I have them on my trailer, and I'll be honest with you, right now my vent lids are in pieces. They're sitting on the screens, and I don't care. <laughs> I have to replace them. But, and that probably makes it sound like I don't do anything with my RV. I should probably quit using that as an example, but that's not really the case. I do maintain it, even though I don't use it a lot. I do take care of it. My wife and I were just talking about that um, the other day. RV is still in pretty good shape, even though we don't use it a lot. And uh, the vent lids, I wasn't concerned. In fact, they were broken before we ever even moved. We drove up here with broken vent lids because I wasn't concerned because I had max air covers on them. So I didn't have to worry about rain coming in. Didn't have to worry about dust and dirt. I mean, in Arizona, we left the vents open all the time, and it was only in extreme sandstorms where we'd get any dirt in the RV. Other than that, they stayed pretty clean. So, and it extends the life. Now, I said mine are broken, but they've been on there for, gosh, probably eight years. I don't think you get eight years out of a vent lid anywhere in the country without a cover on it. So, Put those on there if it's in your budget. They're not hard to do. You don't have to drill a hole in the roof. They actually attach to the base of the vent. So there's basically a watertight seal. No leaks, no holes in the roof, no more sealing. You don't have to do any extra sealing or anything like that. And Camco ones have a cover on the front that comes off a screen where you can actually get in and clean the roof of your, your vent lid if you want to. You couldn't replace it that way. You'd have to take the whole cover off, but... It makes it easier for cleaning, and Max Air actually has one that switches. Okay, so the Max Airs, you know, the Max Air Camco. There's a variety of them. Take your pick, whichever one works best for you. Um, I have Max Airs on my RV. They have a nice warranty. They seem to hold up very well. Um, I know they they're going to go ten years or more. I would imagine the Camcos will do the same. They seem to be of the same material. 
They also have ones for the fantastic fans, um, the high output fans. The Max Airs and Camco, the standard vent covers, don't allow enough airflow for a fantastic fan or a high output fan. So make sure you get a, a cover that's designed for that. It definitely will pay off in the long run because you get more airflow. That motor's not going to be starving for air. Better performance. So I want to thank you for uh, tuning in today. This is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV. And as always, you can check out our website, RadioArizonaRV.com. And, of course, ArizonaRVPartsCenter.com, SunProMFG.net. And don't forget, we sell boat ropes, anchor lines, dock lines, all that good stuff at HotBoatRopes.com. Yeah, this is time to plug it all, right? The advertising hour. No, just kidding. So, again, thank you for listening. And as I said, check out the websites. We appreciate it. And don't forget, if you have questions or suggestions, you can call me or email me. You can use the Contact Us page at Radio Arizona RV to send me an email or the toll-free numbers on the website as well, 800-789-5588. So, again, thank you for listening. This is Eric Stark.